This is the Collins report. 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 Afternoon, afternoon, afternoon. What's up, everyone? I'm just happy to be here. My voice is back. Not raspy. You know, <laughs> your boy Josh is here. He back, y'all. I am he back. back in the building. <laughs> I am back. Oh man. baby. <laughs> I need that. I need that tag too. <laughs> What's going on, man? This is the College Report. Josh Collins here. Terry Collins in the building. We are present together. Y'all know what the podcast is, man. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Hope everyone's had a great week since y'all listened to the last one. Um, we'll recap that a little bit later in this uh, this episode or session, whatever you want to call it. But uh, yeah, man, just want to say thanks. What's going on, Terry? Nothing, man. Just that, that, that weather got me kind of down right now, man. I got to get my energy levels up, but we're going we gonna to get it going. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Nick Behind the scenes oh, yeah, Making yeah. it happen for us We appreciate you Thank you Nicholas Lay uh, Escaping the doldrums uh, He does our sound And all that stuff So yeah So uh, let's go ahead And uh, turn that down A little bit man Let's talk about A serious topic We're gonna talk about uh, I wanna get his name right Braden Bradford um, I actually, This story came out In August of last year If I'm not mistaken but it, it seems like it's been, at least in our world, Terry, it's kind of been taking people by a storm, man. Um, we've been seeing it a lot. I've seen it like four times this past week. So, But anyway, what happened, um, Braden was a offensive lineman that went to Gordon City Community College, a JUCO in uh, Kansas. He's from New Jersey. And, uh, the, you know, the first day of their summer conditioning, coach had them do – 50, 30, no, 36, 50 yard sprints, which is crazy. Um, later on that day, unfortunately, uh, Bradford, uh, he, ex- he had uh, exerted himself so bad that he ended up having a stroke, man. A heat stroke, that is. Um, We, I've never seen nothing to that, like that degree in like a practice in football. Like actually, no, 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 I have, I have. So look, I used to, I used to uh, play down in Atlanta, Georgia, man. Like you know, when I was in middle school, and we was playing in 110 degree weather, and there were some people that like passed out, you know what I mean? And there were some people that like ended up dying. I was blessed, I didn't die, but you know, coaches are just running us into the ground. Coaches are, you know, if we're not sweating. You know, we're not working hard enough and stuff like that. And in my head, I'm like, Coach, I can I can I can walk one one meter and sweat in this heat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I guess but anyway, my, my question is, man, what what do we do and what do we say to these coaches that believe running kids into the ground is is the way to train? Because that young man still could be here. We gotta <clears throat> I mean, and I don't. I don't claim to know it all. Like we, we always say. For sure, you say the same thing. But um, from being a former athlete, from having friends who, you know, former athletes, from training athletes, um, I think, man, as as you know, when we get older, older people always used to say, the older you get, the wiser you become. We are past this stage where we got this old mentality that you got to be this tough guy, coach. 
um, my way. It's either my way or the highway now. I do understand as a coach and as a former player, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's sometimes you lie about being injured. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. You, 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 you don't want to run because you know what's about to happen. You know what's coming. So you make those excuses. But I don't know, man. And I thought about this when you sent it to me, and it just, it just resurfaced thinking about it. These schools make millions off these athletes, these these colleges. Um, and, and, and not saying in his case, if it, I'm sure his school made good money off, whether it's NAIA, Division One, Two, Three, whatever. They making money off these athletes. Definitely. Um, something maybe needs to be put in place where coaches are trained better at recognizing signs and symptoms and teaching them how to better respond to these cases. Not only teaching that the the coaches and the coaching staffs, but also the players. Um, what to look for in your teammate. Just just like when, you know, I mean, you're you're around healthcare stuff, me too, signs of stroke. Everybody pretty mm-hmm. much knows that. Why are we teaching athletes to be, you know, something wrong with Josh where I can look at you? And, and you know, as a trainer, I watch how people breathe. Mm-hmm. I watch the color of their skin. I watch how much they sweat and they're not sweating, like all those signs. Or maybe we even spend more money on putting more medical staff or athletic trainers on the field mm-hmm. to be able to surround these kids and step in like coach that's enough you know something got to be done because coaches don't know the line man they they trying to push you beyond beyond your limits to to make you a better player and i get it mm-hmm. some of them don't understand my limit may be on that 20th lap where josh yours may be on the 24th mm-hmm. but they want all of us to push the same amount but i can't go as far as you my body won't allow it mm-hmm. um <sighs> I totally agree. Um, I would add, because I'm thinking from a parent's point of view right now, too. Mm-hmm. That kid, he was from New Jersey. He was away in Kansas playing. Yeah. So if I'm sending my child to play somewhere, I'm going Juco or whatever, because I know that would be the argument. Well, he didn't go to a D1, so there weren't enough staff, or you know what I mean? That No, that don't matter. That's not an excuse for death. <clears throat> you can, because that article also said, um, you know, he didn't die. They waited 30 minutes to call the paramedics. You know what I mean? He was he was outside his dorm room huffing and puffing and, you know, wheezing and stuff like that. And the assistant coach who led the practice, um, he ended up calling the trainer. The trainer was trying to do his thing, and then they ended up calling the paramedics. So as a parent, man, you know, you get that phone call that I don't know how I would be, but – I wouldn't, you know, as a parent, because I, I hopefully I'd never go through that, my, my child dying from the school I sent him. But, like, as a parent, man, it's got to be a messed up phone call. And especially if you're a single parent, these kids latch on to coaches. They'll do anything to play. They'll do anything to get some affirmation. That dude, that young dude, that you know, the lineman's probably pushing himself to the point where, you know, he was over his limit, but he, he wanted to make the team, stay on the team, or whatever the case may be, make coach happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? <clears throat> but, you know, coaches and everybody, you know, they're yelling at you. I think that we need to change it. We got to change that, bro. Like you said, there we need to, there need to be some type of training for, like, coaches to see signs of overexertion or, overexertion or something like that. Um, also coaches need to be trained to understand that like the way we did it back in the day may have worked for us that doesn't mean it was the right way yeah 
You know what I mean? And and, and we didn't have social media. We I mean, did. I mean, I'm sure there's a way we could probably look it up, and we have not done that research. But I'm pretty sure there was probably you know a few deaths. Oh no! Even no. When we were coming through that just maybe didn't make the headlines. Bro, I was like in today. Atlanta. And people was dying. Yeah. 110 degrees, yeah. hot at three o'clock. People was dying. Like I said, I was blessed. I didn't die. I felt like I was going to pass out some days. Like true story, and I'm pretty sure that didn't. And and, and this make is headlines. not. This is no, not no. us. You know, throwing a punch at football at just, all. At all. Right now, because we're of, not. Football with the helmets, the padding, um, yes, the temperatures outside, yep. just you know that's why we're using that sport because I I know that we could look it up and there's kids who died in other sports, but for relevance and then the numbers, football is probably the one right now that probably needs to see um, newer techniques added to help these athletes um, or and the coaches have a better way of figuring out when a kid's past his limit and. Not to cut Josh off, but no, just while he was yeah. reading, um, I went and did a Google search. And I'm just going to read these really quick. We got July 25th, 2018. University of Maine football player dies after collapsing at practice. Mm. It's August 8th, 2018. College football player 19 dies after first day of practice. July 14th, 2018. Um, I believe this was the Maryland kid who made a, that. That was a, yeah. it was a big issue. That was a big one. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, Death of Maryland football player highlights uh, dangers of heat stroke. Um, let's see. Georgia high school football player said, I can't feel my body, then died October 2nd, 2018. Um, then there's August 6, 2018, Kansas college football player dies team's first practice of the season, which is what we started talking about. Mm-hmm. And then the last one here says uh, March 25th, 2019, Dixie State football player dies after injuring his leg at practice. Man, that was a couple months ago. Unexpected illness. Wow. And like that, that saddens me, man. Because these, like Josh, like you said, man, when you play a sport and you reach a certain level, man, um, I know for majority of people, your your vision is pros, and you're just trying to do whatever it takes to get that money. Like most people feel like I can take care of my family and. Or a lot of kids, and especially African-American community, are the only ones in their family that are at college. And they know without that sport, they would not be at college. Mm-hmm. Um, so they pushing themselves, man, trying to make their they family proud, trying to, like you said, make the coach happy. And sometimes, man, it's, it's just it's got to be something better because, you know, those lives are lost too way too young from a sport that, that they grew up loving. And should have that's something that probably could have been avoided. The distance, man, just kills me. Like, you send your child there from New Jersey to Kansas, and your son is gone, unfortunately. Um, I I think there's some things to be uh, to be said about this article, too, because also uh, further down, uh, an expert brought it to the, like, just the attention of the article for the reader. Like, if you think, one of your athletes is having some type of like uh, heat exertion. Put them in ice immediately. Yeah. And and the article, the doctor and the other paramedic said if he would have been in ice, this young man would have made it. He'd survive. Yep. So I think that's something too. Um, we almost got to take this as serious as we starting to take the concussion protocol. Like, oh no doubt. You know what I'm saying every sport and I and and, and I don't I'm not making fun of this situation, but of course like we said growing up in our era, those were called stingers. Mm-hmm. Or you just got your bell rocked or rung. Like, those was concussions, but you kept playing because 
you want it to be tough. You want to beat it for your team. I mean, like even in basketball now, it's it's pretty much if you if you read up on it and and, and you follow what you're instructed to do through the, the, the protocol of uh, handling concussion. If a kid has some kind of jarring impact where they hit the head more, even if they said they didn't, they had a concussion. Because mm. the, the, the head is not meant, the brain is going to hit the skull, it's, it's concussion regardless. Mm-hmm. And if you follow that protocol, you know, some kids want to come back and play right away. And they are strict, like, nope, you didn't pass this test. We have to have some in place like this for, for situations like this with these football players, man, and this yeah. heat. Whether we change the atmosphere where they training at, they got to be indoors. Maybe more frequent breaks. Maybe yeah, more water, more maybe frequent some breaks. Training for or coaches. Maybe, maybe like, do your conditioning indoor. And I know that's not I know to, they, specific to the sport because yeah. you outside. But if you're gonna keep pushing after you done had a full practice and now you want to condition them longer because you upset, why not take them indoors, man, and condition well, them all you want? Here's the cool thing too, and, I, and I'll I'll come back to some something I wanted to say. Uh, summer conditioning just started for a lot of high schools. Yeah, um, including myself. I'm I, I'm leading the high school I'm at now with their summer conditioning and all that. Some like some of the days we we're outside, and some of the days we we're inside. So I do try to switch it up and be cognizant. And I I told this to just uh, a group of the the athletes I was training. Like it's easy to I can run you into the ground, make you bleed, make you vomit. Like. Yeah. That's easy, but like let, let's develop. There's a difference between development and then just killing a kid. You know what I mean? There's a big difference. Um, um, so you know, I, I told them I'll, I'll kick their butts and we will push it. But right now, we're gonna get this foundation, this ba- the basics down, so we can be squared away. And um, I think coaches, you have to understand, man. Go, we spoke about this maybe on the introduction, our first podcast together. I can't remember, but we have to understand that you are in a position to look after someone's child. You are in a position to be a mentor. You know what I mean? Discipleship, whatever you want to call it. That's the position you're in. Okay? So if such and such can't do 50 laps, you push him until he can't. You sit him down, mm-hmm. and then you put him back in if you have to, or if he's done, he's done. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean he's not getting better. Mm-mm. That doesn't mean he's not getting better at all. If you're depending on sprints just for conditioning, I think that's lazy. <laughs> so so many other ways you can get people in shape. For a it's sport. counterproductive of <laughs> athletic development. But, but you know, a lot of coaches, man, and, and this just popped up, thinking about it, some of that stuff is discipline. And... <clears throat> I'll use an example when we discipline kids in practice for maybe, you know, it, it could be for numerous things, but you discipline, you know, most athletes know that means you're going to run. Mm-hmm. So there comes a point where if a kid cannot make the time, why am I going to continue the same pattern when he <laughs> didn't make it the first two or three times? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. By the time you get to fifth and sixth, he may be really trying, but he ain't going to make it. He didn't make it the first three times. Mm-hmm. So then you have to adjust. And usually what you know I do is like, okay, cool. People who made it done, I'm, I may be like, hey, tomorrow you got to come back and give me three more. No doubt. Yeah. I'm not going to keep running you to prove a point to say, oh, you could have. No, if you're looking at the kid and they're struggling, what's that? Like you say, that's counterproductive. Why am I going to continue to just kill you and push you into the ground when you are doing your best and can't make it? And the words of C.T. Fletcher, and I ain't going to say it verbatim. <laughs> yeah, don't. don't. Do I don't C. care T. how long it takes. It's still your effing set. And yep. Come back tomorrow. We're going to finish this tomorrow. Yeah. Yo, we going to finish tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, them three going to be waiting after practice tomorrow. 
And usually, let me tell you this though, the kids appreciate that more. At least I know from our standpoint in basketball, they'll come in before practice and be like, coach, can I go ahead and get them lines done? Mm. So what that does is set up the kid to take responsibility for, you know, what happened the previous yep. practice. They know it's coming. Yeah. So and, go ahead and, get these and, over. And, now he's taking the initiative yep. to get his Let me get this out the way. And, and the other I, thing I like is, that. the other thing is this: they don't want to do it after practice because they're gonna be tired. Yeah, <laughs> so, coach, can I, can I get this in before practice, man? And, yeah. and they'll sit there, and then, and the funny part is, and I'm using us for example, and I'm sure it ain't just only our team, but if it's more than one kid, they'll go get the other kids. But hey, man, let's go, <laughs> yep. let's get this done now. Yep. So I got a question for you since you brought that up because some coaches do it and some don't. Mm-hmm. I'm like 50 50 because I do it in my household. Do you think exercise should be a punishment? You can you can use it as that, but man, I, I would really hate for a child to grow up associating punishment with exercise. Yes. Um, I think if it's used in the right setting, yes. it definitely can be. If you know it's like, you know, you got your your kid doing push up holds because they did something in school they weren't supposed to. No. But just to be like, hey, we're working out today. Yeah. That's your punishment. Nah. Um I don't want my kid looking. I at make it. I make Nori do wall sits, and she yeah, loves yeah. them. Yeah, that's she what I'm saying. Them. You gonna change that? Cause see, your daughter got it in her blood. She gonna be like, "Cool, let's go." She loves them, and so it's kind of a like, you win. Want me, you want me to hold this, Dad? Hold this book on my Bruh, hand? I'm doing it. It's a win-win for me, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? And look, my daughter's so funny. I like go go do a wall sit. Some days I just come in, let's go do a wall sit together. You know what I mean? Lunch hold, whatever we're doing, some type of hold. Um, and one, I do that because I just know, and we'll get into this topic later, but I just know just, you know, how, how much uh, inadequate females are strength-wise, you know, in comparison to, like, little boys. And then, two, something for me to do with my daughter. And three, sometimes she did do something. And, all right, you got to go do this wall sit. And I know she likes it. So I, and I know, like, it ain't, like, a harsh punishment. You know what I mean? But... I'm also doing this to develop. So if she do something at daycare, like, you know, push a little girl because that's what they going through over a toy. And that's what really happened. All right. You know, I talked to her. Now let's go do this wall sit. You know what I mean? So like that. But I never, I don't like doing, and I don't like doing that in a setting of a large group of athletes. Yeah. All right, y'all, y'all in trouble. Go run. I, I don't, and I grew up like that. I was like, oh, we gotta go get it. And I don't like doing that now because the times I know the times are different. I'm cognizant of the times. Kids already don't want to practice; they just want to play. They, you know, what I mean, they don't really care about the the you know the path to get better. They just want the end result. So, especially where I'm at now, so I'm like, all right, how can I be strategic and getting these kids to play? I can't make this a punishment, and they already don't want to be here. Yeah. So, that, but that's me and where I'm at. Maybe it might be some other schools. They let's go. You know, they about that life. Some kids, you know, where I'm at, they not all about that life. Yeah, that's, and that's my cool. numbers are. I'll say this too. My end result: the numbers this year, because I've been at this school three years now, three summers now, doing strength conditioning. I have more girls than I've ever had. Yeah. So I want to say it's working, and we still we still crushing it. Well, that's because a lot of them probably see, man, that the uh, the results of other people who participate. And then it's not only that you don't build the relationships out there, yeah. And 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 what you were saying, that's there's a little difference between the training part and the coaching. Because when I trainer hat, I got to kind of make it something that they want to do. Yeah. Where when I'm coaching, I'm trying to build teamwork, communi- communication, and leadership. So 
if two or three acting up, I'm making a whole team do running because then they gonna hold the other players accountable. So that's where it's different. But it's not like I'm trying to run y'all until y'all pass out. It's just trying to make y'all be able to communicate, hold each other accountable. Because in that situation, like I told them, I just I'm your coach. When y'all on the court, I can't help. I can't step out there and shoot a jump shot. Nah. You if he not in the right place, you gotta talk to him because I can't see everything from where I'm at. So it's it's different situations to use it. Um, I just don't agree with the whole punishment thing like like we talking about where you running kids so much that the kid can't stand up, the kid falling face first on the ground because their legs giving out like, you know, rolling over about to throw up. And, and and sometimes kids are just out of shape, even if you make it the basic, yeah, you know, training or conditioning or whatever it is you're doing, they still can get to that point. But that's where you gotta be responsible as a coach or as a trainer or whoever, say, Hey man, you need to come sit out. You know what I'm saying? You pull them to the side. Don't, because some kids just don't know no better. Like, they, they going to try to fight through it. Yeah. Yeah. And and those are the kids, like, oh, you just, and you, you admire. Just, you just, oh, he's trying to, oh, he's going to get hurt. But yes. But you like going. it. But then yeah. you got to talk to him, like, hey, man, listen. Yeah. Just rest. You you know what I'm saying? Tomorrow you're going to come back. But right now, I think you, you're done. So what do you, what do you say to the old school cats, you know? You know, when I was playing, I was doing basketball, going outside, doing this, doing that. And I ain't never, you know what I mean? I had to do 100 sprints, and I never did and this. And they exaggerated in the 100 sprints. <laughs> and if they did, it wasn't no full speed 100 sprints. But it's it's a different time, man. It's a different generation. A- um, I think, and we talked about this on numerous podcasts probably, but, like, overall, the older generations may have been in better conditioning because we spent more time outside. Yeah. You know, you 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 may have like you know like my my routine was baseball in the summers, then school football, then basketball, and then it was back to baseball. And that was my routine until like high school. So I never really completely got out of shape, but even within that, I was at the YMCA playing basketball all the time with my friends and pickup games with the older guys. I was playing in the park tag and tackle football with no equipment. You know what I'm saying? So now kids are more specialized with the fact that like mm. whether we agree or not a lot of when you get to the high school level even starting with middle school now a lot of kids become focused on one sport and that's all they do they do that one sport that season over they either go on to play to a travel team or whatever individual sport is or they training so it's a lot different as far as how the bodies are being grown how they're being developed and so you can't say when you was coming up because honestly if I grew up in this time, I would probably have to almost specialize at some point because somebody who may be close that I think I'm good as may be better than me because he only does this sport while I'm still playing baseball, football. So it's, it's mm. difficult. You can't you can't say what you did compared to now, what you would do because times have changed and it's different. So you think some kids are forced to specialize in a sport eventually? I think parents use that that pa- passive aggressive talk with them, where they try to act like they're not, but really they, hey, you know, you should probably be really good at basketball. You know, you might get hurt playing football. Yeah. When really, man, you should let your kid just play. Be yeah. let your kid be an athlete. Like, honestly, and me and you always talk about it. That probably be way less injuries. Not saying those are still gonna happen because yeah. you know when you play any sport, there's yeah. possibility of injury. But oh yeah, that specialized man. A lot of kids now. Strictly baseball, you know, by the time they go to sixth grade, they playing travel team all the time. Like like the baseball leagues around here suffer now because everybody do travel teams. 
you know, like it was rare when I played baseball, uh, which I was decent at, but you know, my background, I didn't have access to a travel team at that, you know, that time, but guys mm-hmm. I went to school with, oh yeah, we play on a travel team too with our minor league team. Now every kid that's, that's somewhat good or decent is on a travel team. So it takes away from all the kids here that can't do that. It takes away from the overall, you know, the diamonds around here. Like it's everything is, I think, lacking because everybody now, whether it's 707, whether it's AAU, whether it's, and I'm youth volleyball now, all these things have travel teams. So mm-hmm. kids aren't here playing and competing against each other in the summers. They're everywhere else competing against everybody else. And that could be good and bad. That's Dang. that can be good and bad. I just know I really enjoyed my childhood being able to go to YMCA and play against the player, get best players in Fort Wayne. But you know, but to go to the old Fort YMCA and play against, you know, I'm in high school and I'm playing against Keon Brooks Senior, Cam yeah. Stevens, all these college guys come back in town. Like I love that. And now kids don't have that anymore. Like day in town, what you doing? We playing two K online. <laughs> I mean, that's what they do. Why are they? Why are people not listening to this? Then this is the I don't. That, all the evidence is right here, online and everything. But yet people are, are ignoring, or parents, I should say, are ignoring these stats, this data. I, I, don't, I don't. But you know, I don't think they. I don't think they're realistic in in a lot of ways. And so many though. I think that. So many that are not realistic, if that's the case. Man, uh, and no disrespect to no parent. Like, if you listen to this, and this is not a shot at anybody. Like, I'm not individualizing or pointing. I'm just saying from what I've seen, and this is going as a trainer, and me and you have had plenty of discussions about this. Some parents are so unrealistic, and they live through their kids to reach the, the goals that they never got to. So they push their kids to this limit. Like, I know you can do this. And realistically, either the kid don't really care. The kid ain't that good enough to do it. But yet they feel like if I have my kid on this travel team, he's going to be seen. Or if my kid plays with this person, they're going to be this and that. And that's just honestly, it's really not the case, man. If your kid has talent, this is what I was taught when I was little. If God has given you a talent in sports, somebody's going to see you and you'll go end up where you're supposed to be at. It's not. It's never fair. I mean, baseball. I played on an all black diamond, you know. And people make fun of us when we come into their diamonds. You know, the other, you know, diamonds of Fort Wayne that had probably the kids with more status, parents with more money, and then we leave and they lost nineteen to two <laughs> because we we were taught the game. But I'm saying like we didn't have the stuff they had, but we were taught the game. Mm-hmm. So then what happened was my mom would come home from work and be like, somebody came to my job talking about you. I'm like. Wow. They said they see you playing baseball against their kid and he's like, you real, real good. You should keep playing. Or I make an all-star team down in Southern Indiana. I'm the only black kid down there because somebody seen me playing like, man, this dude good. If your kid got talent, man, you don't have to, you don't have to go broke. You don't have to lose your house or your car. You don't have to take away from your household. If your kid is good at a sport, somebody is going to invest into your kid and your kid will be seen. Shout out to you. I ain't no using that nice of baseball, man. No, I, was, I was all right, man. <laughs> now that Southern Indiana being all right. Man, listen, I was <laughs> I went down there they, and they was calling me Fort Wayne, like, you know, you little everywhere is far away. Yeah. I'm in the back of the car, like, man. I'm looking around outside. I was like, I don't see nothing but farms <laughs> and dirt roads. Yeah. No. I was like, I said, Mom, where's we going? Then I got the car, I looked around, I said, Man, I'm the only black kid here. 
So they it's but that's a culture shock, man. Going from I play with my friends all the time. We at our diamond, it's probably eight eight to one black to white kids. Mm-hmm. If you was the white kid there, you was the minority. But we oh, didn't wow. look at like that. But I, that's what yeah, that's yeah. what our diamond was yeah. like. All and I'm telling you, man, that that team. When I left to play in that All Star game, now as I got older, I understood, and it didn't bother me. But like at that time, being twelve, I think I was twelve, and never really being outside of that that atmosphere or that network of friends and that that community, it was different. And I remember like being scared, and it wasn't scared like somebody's gonna hurt me. Just scared like you only you only black dude here. And the funny part was, that's when I found out about stereotypes. Gotcha. So I always batted third or fourth because I was usually the best hitter and the power hitter. So just depending where you want, either you want me to get up to bat in the first inning or you want me to hit everybody in. It didn't, either one. They put me at first batter. And my uncle, rest in peace, Uncle Daryl, he was like, you know why they doing that? And I was like, nah. He's like, because you're black and they think you run real fast. I was Got like, you. oh, okay. Got you. So they put me, not knowing I was a big hitter. So my first hit, I hit it to the fence, like off the wall. And he was like, yeah, you know, you gonna bat left-handed the first time, you gonna bat right-handed the next time. Man, I got, I think I stole third base, and I wasn't used to playing. And now, if you play in the hood, you playing on hard dirt. Yeah, <laughs> gravel. Yeah, yeah. It was big rock. Like you slide, the rock is rock done cut your ankle, your, your knee open. You get right back up, man. <laughs> you get up and look at it like, uh. see, they had it later. They had soft, soft brick dirt. I had never played in it. I, something, the mist of it or something, I passed out. Wow. Passed out after the first inning and I, I couldn't play. And I remember my uncle being so disappointed. <laughs> and I never understood why until I got older. Like, because he wanted me to demonstrate yeah. that a black kid could be just as good at baseball as everybody else. Yeah. But that was off subject. I'm sorry. No, nah, you straight. That was a good story. You straight. <laughs> That's straight. Um, the Washington Post wrote an article. And the headline is, as ACL tears pile up, Doctors and coaches worry that kids are playing too much basketball. So kind of in the context of what we were speaking about, like uh, specialization and stuff, this stuff is everywhere, man. ACL tears is it's very uh, <laughs> it's, it's huge. It's big. You see, We see them all the time. Sometimes I feel like I see them every month or hear about someone in a sport turning ACL. Um, doctors are starting to say the volume of games with, uh, in this article at least, with early specialization sports and sports is part, like, a huge reason why, you know, the tears are happening so frequent. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, we we discussed and talked about it. Man, we talk, you want to talk about basketball or any sport in general? Because basketball, you know, that basketball one, is a day. huge one. You know, basketball is. On that one. Um, Shoot. Well, I just use basketball like we usually do, whatever. So I think not allowing our kids to rest properly. Like you literally go from one sport or that, and just saying in the same sport, excuse me. So you could literally go from one season of basketball right into AAU season. Yeah. Excuse me. You train all year round. Like, when do we give our kids rest? Like, as a parent, sometimes our kids want these dreams, and that's great. The drive, that's great. But sometimes you got to step in and be like, no, you're going to rest today. Like, mm-hmm. you need to go ahead and rest. 
I think some parents don't either they don't know or they want that as much as they can. So they think the, the best thing to do is train, train, train. And I think when we talked with Keon off there, he was saying how yeah. he took his son out a little bit just to the younger to rest because he's like, I'm not going to just run your body into the ground constantly from basketball, basketball, basketball. Cause yeah. And, and this is where the older guys, like we were saying before, older guy will say you're in the NBA when the, the guys rest now and people get upset. I, I salute pop from Spurs for starting that trend, man. Like the NBA's money is the players. Yeah. And you got back to back. Now I know they starting to adjust and change some of this stuff, but you run these guys into the ground from season all-star break playoffs depending on how far you go if you make the playoffs then sometimes you got these world games you got olympic games you got these different things that they doing like you can't run your bread into the ground like that's what makes you that's what's bringing your money is the star power you gotta and 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 if they talking about resting these guys when they hold thing they only gotta wake up and play basketball and we telling our kids to go to school have a life work out work out play work out play like at some point, you have to. The best thing, man. Honestly, the best thing, and and I believe, I truly believe, I made it as far as I was supposed to go. But I'm so thankful my mom allowed me to be a kid. Like, she pushed me, but she never pushed me to the point where she made basketball the only thing that was important in my life. Mm-hmm. She centered around God and family. Mm. And then, now if I got acting up in basketball on the court, she would get on me, or if I was being lazy, but never like. Every day of the week, I had to work out with the basketball. I go get shots up. Like that, just that's just one her thing, and I'm so thankful. That's how she raised me. Now, I can't say to parents who parents are you pushing your kids. If your kids elite and they make it, you did the right thing. That was for your kid. But every kid is not the same, and you can't parent every kid. Like I can't parent TJ like Keon, the senior is doing for Junior. Definitely right. My son ain't gonna be six eight, six nine. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's like me saying, TJ, I'm going to do everything he did with him for you, and you're going to be a basketball player just like him. No. <laughs> that's not going to happen. Um, I'm going to read a couple little lines that I uh, took from the from the, um, from the the article. Um, medical experts and coaches stress that injuries are unique, of course, but ACL tears specifically um, – are being overused because of the volume of games. They also agree that uh, top teenagers are more susceptible to injuries, wear and tear, and burnout. We spoke about that on mm-hmm. one of our podcasts, like two podcasts ago. Um, and it's true. Uh, you was talking about like how the old guys would say, well, you know, talk about the NBA guy taking a break. <laughs> but we hear that stuff on a lower level too. Like, yeah. you know, you'll, you'll hear some guys say, oh, while you resting, you know, such and such is doing this. You know what I mean? And that's pressure that we're we're applying. And somebody going to hear this and be like, oh, they soft. And it ain't being soft. Like, we in a different times, man. And I repeat, just because we got through it at an earlier age doesn't mean it was the right way to do things. Hey, I um, went. Now, by no means was I soft because... And I know I, I'm an army kid, bro. I, I, <laughs> I, said, I said the same thing you said to myself, man. Is somebody getting work in while I'm chilling? And that didn't mean I didn't go get shots up and I didn't, but I allowed myself to be a kid, hang out with my friends, have time to relax. Now, I still worked on my game, but it wasn't like the only thing that mattered to me was 
I have to go to the gym and do this drill and lift these weights and do this. Like you have to allow yourself to rest. And and that was hard for me just like anybody else. But man, sometimes you, you got to listen to your body. Yeah. And a lot of times it's, and, and I know some parents <laughs> that push their kids like, and as a trainer, you're looking at it like, man, this kid need to rest. You're, you're more su- susceptible to an injury when you're fatigued too, mm-hmm. though. Yep. And, and it kind of, you know, it makes me think about the first part of this podcast where we're talking about uh, Bradford, uh, you know, rest in peace, by the way, who passed away in Kansas. You know, uh, when that attitude of grinding kids into the ground, you know, when they get hurt, especially your star players and stuff, then what? Because you're part of the reason why they're hurt. Yeah. You're part of the reason. And most kids going to tell you if, if you if you any coach listening, any parent like yeah, we know it's hard. Um but listen to the athletic trainer, listen to the sports performance coaches are, you know, if you go into, you know, a doctor somewhere, listen to them because a lot of times yeah. your kid going to tell you they okay because that's all they, they know they want to compete. If something seems off, your kid's future is more important than, than the present game or whatever event is coming up. Like allow them to heal and rest so they can come back better. Cause if you yeah. push them back into it, the injury may, the injury may start off small like Josh said, but then the fatigue starts hit, and then that becomes a serious injury where your kid may not play a sport ever again. Yeah, so I'm like experts say, get get a kid into some type of like injury prevention program as early as six years old. Um, you see my daughter learning how to land, mm-hmm. but on my my uh, Instagram, I laughed, but I was like, Josh doing the right <laughs> thing because she gonna be straight. I I make it fun, you know. what I mean, I'm not too tedious on you know positioning and stuff and make it fun she's only three but you know she she likes it she thinks it's great to learn the land so you know i'm saying that's what i do in my household uh we'll we'll post that on our our uh instagram page so okay. go check that out a little later but um yeah they some doctors believe if you're if you're just now getting into an injury prevention program at like age 15 or 16 they believe that's too late um you know better late than never Never late is better, and as a you know, as the saying goes. But I, I still, I would say like, if you're 15, 16, 17 on up, still learn like injury prevention stuff like that, man. But and or get get into a program that'll help you out, through, you know, so you can finish high school. But the earlier the better, man. For the for the rest of us that got like kids that are, you know, young. And this is the, this is the generation of social media and YouTube. It don't that, take much time that's to the thing. get on like, YouTube. I was just thinking about that sh- in the car. Like, <laughs> like, man, I didn't. We didn't have no. a quarter of this like access, access to, none to the, of this none of this stuff. Like, parents, like, thank, thank. I'm I'm thankful because it gives us the podcast. To, you know, bring awareness to this stuff. But like, parents and and coaches and stuff like that can also do the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if I'm sending my child somewhere, I'm going to make sure people just fo- like a lot of people just focus on the coach and the, the record. And this dude's going to get it's a big school. This this coach can get my son and daughter into, you know, the league or whatever that may be. But like I'm going to check on. Here's what I here's a checklist to me. Trainers. How is the training? Um what kind of injury prevention program they have. What is, I want to like, that's the stuff I want to know. Like, Hey, how many people here get hurt? You know, on a regular, how many ACL tears have you had? Cause that says a lot about your program. If you get in two, three, 
year after year after year after year, something may not be right. I don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah. Because they happen, and it is a frequent injury, you know, occurring injury, unfortunately. But, like, if it's of big volume year after year after year, something not right. Something, I mean, something is not within right. Something the training is, yeah. is, is wrong. I need What's the strength and conditioning program like? Yeah. I need to know that stuff. You know what I'm saying? What's your nutrition program? Because every, every college has one. Mm-hmm. What are y'all feeding the kids? You know what I'm saying? If you're on the team now, now if you, you ain't on the team, you're going to eat that, that, that cafe stuff. But uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, that's the stuff I want to know about, man. Girls are 15 to 25. Uh, I mean, girls between 15 to 25 or five times, eight times more likely to tear ACL in basketball than any boys. I'm going to repeat that again because I got to mess that up. Girls 15 to 25 or five times... I mean, five to eight times more likely to tear an ACL. Playing basketball than the guy. Crazy. Crazy. It's a big number, man. Uh, and, and the number's rising because... Yeah, it is. Basketball for females is becoming way more popular. Heck yeah. So that number's going up. Um, here's here's some percentages, man, for uh, ACL tears by percentage in high school sports. Basketball, 5.5% for males. For females, 26.5, man. Soccer's number two on this list. Uh, soccer, male soccer, 7.2%. Females, 53.2%. And uh, I'm not going to go all the way down, but I am going to say football. Football is 71.2%. Mm. So, yeah. So, as you can see, the ladies were, were like, uh, you know, co-ed sports, you know, male and female. Women are at the forefront of that, man. So, I, I think if we can end this, let's kind of like give some advice on like what to look for in the injury prevention program. And you got some stuff too. I want to read that. I saw it on your phone. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, my bad. I re, I go back. I saw something that said improper footwear, man. And that's, man, you big on that. I, that's yeah, why I thought about man. you when I see it. <laughs> yeah, man. Because it doesn't go. I, I'm a Jordan kid. Yeah. I'm a, I grew up. I need, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want, well, growing up, hyper, hyper dunks, all that stuff was, was dope. Kobe's was dope. But, like, here's the thing, bro. I lost my arches, like, three years ago. I remember you working on it all the time. Because yeah. maybe four years ago. I lost my arch collapse. Of, uh, plantar fasciitis. Man, it was crazy. Yeah. I lost my arches. I didn't even know you could do that at the time. I ain't either. It might have been five years ago, honestly. I can't remember, but you remember that. So, I'm doing research. I mean, I, I'm with the booze, and I ain't want the, the dad. And it's crazy because it's the style now. But the dad New Balance yeah, shoes, no offense to the old yeah. school. The Monarchs are in style now. Yeah. Man, they got different colors. <laughs> Shout out to Spice Adams. Spice got he got a graffiti on them and everything. Bro, I did like what four years ago when that happened. I was like, man, I ain't trying to be in those. So I was like, no, nah, what can I do? And I spent. And here's here's the thing. I spent a lot of money. I bought slings for my feet. I bought slings that kept my foot in the dorsiflex position, but the circulation would cut off, cut my, cut off in my foot. So my toes are just blue. I bought socks. I bought a boot. I bought shoes. I, I spent hundreds of dollars, and the doctor was prescribing this stuff to me. Yeah, I'm like, man, I was even about to. I tell you this, uh, somebody that you and I both know, I was, I was like minutes away from a cortisone shot in my arch, bro. Mm. It was that yeah, like I was about to get that. And I, I, I'm not doing it. I, so I did a lot of research, man. And I find out, one, 
the shoes I was wearing, the hoop, and, and I was doing everything too at the time. I was still playing flag. I was still hooping, and I was swimming at the time too. Believe it or not, I was doing all that like in a week. So I was in my feet a lot, and I had to reteach myself like how to walk, like my gait, G A I T, and then I had to find proper footwear, and that was hard. But like it was more of the barefoot stuff, and I'm still rocking, you know, heat. If you want to call it that, Heat or, you know, Jordans and or Yeezys or whatever, man. But, like, four or five times out the week, man, I'm in some type of barefoot shoe mm-hmm. where my foot can actually, um, you know, be a foot humanistically. You know, I'm, like, becoming one where I used to be. So, that was long-winded. But what I'm saying is, man, check your foot. I even bought a pair of uh, Under Armors because it was, uh, it flex. It flex. Oh, here's another story. Here's another story. About a month ago, I bought a pair of Paul George's because Paul George right now is my favorite player. Like, yeah. He's my favorite player. I love PG. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm about to kill him at the uh, the YMCA with these. Man, I played two games, bro. He was killing you? Because they – I look, I, I killing me. Killing me. I'm like, dang. And I'm balling, though. Like, when I say balling, I'm balling with people my age that play on the regular at the Y. Balling, all right? So, I'm balling, but my feet throbbing. So, took them off. I'm like, what's going on? Bruh, what's going on? I try to flex the shoe. I try to fold the shoe. It wouldn't move. That motherfucker wouldn't move at all, bruh. So, I'm like, I see why Zion feet. You know what I'm saying? So, I put all that pressure in them PGs, bruh. Oh, man. So, look, I I kid you not. I drove from the YMCA. I put my flip-flops on. Drove from the YMCA. I ain't had no box. I walked. I carried the shoes into the mall. Drove to the mall. From the YMCA, shoes in my hand, no box. I said, hey, man, I ain't really trying to get no refund. I got to get something else, though, bro. So I try to get the uh, the Kyries. They flex a little bit. They have my size. I'm like, hey, I need my money back, dear, cuz. Give me the money back, right? And uh, I started doing some research, and I found a pair of Under Armour shoes. Who I'm like, I never thought I'd wear no Under Armours, but the Joel and B's actually move with your foot. They flex okay. left and right, up and down. And I've been hooping in them things like almost every Friday. They ain't gave me no issues, bro. So, that, and that's a little tedious, man. We like to look fly on the court and on the field and stuff like that. Jeez, but because cause I'm pissed. I got a wide foot for my size. Wearing cleats all day on cars. I got, I'm a, I'm a 12. I got to get like a 13, 14 in cleats because they so narrow. You know what I'm saying? So narrow. I think they need to make like cleats wider. Yeah, I'm I'm in thirteen too with with real narrow shoes. That's the thing, like for real. And my, my man Nick here, we didn't even go get. It. I my man Nick got. Would you wear a four E with? Yeah, you, have you ever heard of a four E? No, <laughs> I never peeked them out in the stores. Man. <laughs> yeah, so y'all hey, let me get them four. Yeah, them joints four E. <laughs> no, they don't. Okay, well, yeah, yo four E. 4E, bro. 4E. My man Nick put, I'm like, what is that? 11 4E, you know what I'm saying? But he, so he kind of put me on back in the day. Like, nah, people, there's a, there's a large population of people with wide feet and, and these, these brands don't cater to. They don't cater to them. And I guarantee there's a lot of athletes that are wearing 12 and probably should be wearing the 13, 14. Yeah, or, see, or or see, they use the brand name, but kids. I mean, I, I would suggest, I would assume they know by now, but 
them players got specialized shoes for like yeah. they not going to the store exactly. just pick hey let me let me get my shoe for the game tonight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you don't have my size? Oh, okay. Well, I just play in these. <laughs> like, the Nike is sending them specialized shoes or Adidas, whoever. Or like the kids go to the store, be like man, he wear them. His are specialized. He fit his foot properly. You getting whatever size they got. That's what you wear. For real. For real. For real. So yeah, man. So I'm probably and then like I believe I uh I believe I, I hurt myself too, my knee from like improper footwear, man. Cause I was pronating and everything. And my, my feet weren't able to splay, you know, like spread and you know, just simple science, man. If your toes can spread, uh uh weight is evenly distributed through the foot and you got balance. So like you see me, I'm out there, I'll squat barefoot, man. I don't even care. I'll yeah, put but my I dog. mean, that's why I said old school stuff because I, I remember when I got in the I was doing that back in the day. And like Arnold was doing shoes. Yeah. Other people like, man, this dude got his shoes off in the gym. Uh, duh. You know why? He, like all that stuff makes sense to me. That's why you got to listen to the people who have been there before you. Because a lot of times these trends are just trends, man. Like go with what works. It and is. No, Josh, you share that a lot. Like with your stuff, like the barefoot stuff. Man, like, I don't even care just, no more, bro. That's that's being a human. Like, yeah, that's the basic function of human being. Like the motions, the yes. movements. Like, use the basics. Yes. I was doing that back in the day when you in Atlanta and on, on them dirt roads, you you gonna be barefoot. And then I was on the army base too, Fort McPherson, uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. And I remember the soldiers, you know, doing their pull ups and everything else in the grass and stuff. You know, they take the boots off. So uh, yeah, man, I I got away from that man. You start making a little bit of money, go get the retros, cuz you know, sad feet throbbing. So I ain't saying get some barefoot. You can be fly. I mean, get some barefoot shoes. You can still be fly, but you just you just can't wear it all the time. All man. the time, yeah. Go barefoot sometimes, man. You know what I mean? And I get it. I don't like stuff touching my feet either. So like, I found the you see my little water shoes, man. They 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 shape like a foot, not the toe joints, but they shape wide like a foot, and they got holes in them. They, it's actually like a wider croc. Okay. So I mean, and, I mean, I got them cheap on clearance, and actually, I would wear them every day in the summer. My daughter though, she gonna be the truth. Nor if he, she gonna be the truth, man. Like my daughter gonna be the truth because she do everything I wish I can still do now. So I'm just trying to maintain it, and if anything, it's stronger. Yeah. My daughter will walk on some rocks and be cool. Be cool. And my my daughter mess around and do a a a, a, a knee a knee tuck jump and land on the rocks like uh, my feet can't handle that. Yeah, I'm getting them, there. She got them young good feet. She's solid. And look, also that also helps. Uh, you know, with your ankle, uh, just loosening up your ankles and stuff too, so they won't be so stiff. And one more thing, since we talking about ACLs. Take care of your feet. Take care of your ankles because if the ankle collapses, nine times out of ten, the knee collapses. And when the knee collapses, that's where your ACL injury goes in, man. So, so yeah, man, that's all I'm saying, man. Yeah, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Take care of your feet. Let's get on this recap of Keon. Little 12, big 12. <laughs> I, had, I had Keon all wrong. You did? I, I had never met him. Okay. So... You know, when you, you meet somebody for the first time, whether people want to admit it or not, you try to form what they could be like. Mm-hmm. Of course, me, I didn't want to say, I thought you're going to be this or say or try to try to have my opinion about him be real life. You know, I wanted to give him the benefit of a doubt. But, you know, you just think about how a person going to be. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that's a humble young man right there. Yeah. He got him all the way wrong. And then when I met the dad, 
I really remember I'm not from Fort Wayne, Indiana, man. So I don't know the history as extensively as, you know, you or someone else may know. So I actually appreciate and I, I enjoy listening to, you know, these battles, these high school battles with Fort Wayne, um, and, and you know, these older guys that actually kinda led the way for the Keon Brooks Junior and everyone else that's getting these scholarships at the school. So it was a pleasure meeting him. And I didn't know about him too. I'm just like, man, I'm glad he ain't like, you know, some of these other cats, LeVar Ball or Julian Newman's dad, which he's far from. No. But you know, when you watching the media and stuff like that, that's what you tend to see. Two two I mean, them dudes, man. Oh phenomenal. Oh my man. I had them wrong, bro. Like I I really think that dad's experience really helped Junior. No Cause, doubt. Cause dad, man, like he was humble even about how he was talking about how good he was. Like dad was a truth. Like Yeah. Team player. Like I mean I I mean I'm telling you, I remember watching him as a little kid sitting there. I remember getting the NCAA um I don't remember which one it was, but one of the video games on the um PlayStation, I think back then. The first one. Mm-hmm. And it, he playing with his team. That's what's up. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's how much I, I, I mean, I was like, I already wore 12, but then it was solidified when I started watching him and fell in love with his game. And like, I, I was like, man, his dad, and, and oh, I, really I believe that's how it's supposed to be as a parent. It's like, my job as a parent is I'm going to go through some stuff that I may not like at the time. Yeah. But when you have kids, it's like I'm going through this, so I don't, so you don't have to go through it because I'm gonna learn from it. I'm gonna teach you better, and I think that that junior is gonna have a lot of success because dad, oh my goodness, a lot was in the same boat. Yeah, not just I mean, I mean life, but sport. And dad gonna help you get through some stuff as long as they, you know, Keon, like we said, stays humble, keep that faith, and keep that family close, man. Psh, I he got a great team. I want more people. I wish more people can hear. No offense to Keon Jr., but Keon Sr., I was like, man, I can listen to him talk all day. <laughs> and Ke- looked- Keon Jr. was amazing, but like Keon Sr., I was. He got that knowledge. And, man. and, and, and that, and in this field, man, we're starting to see like there's some dads out there, reality shows and doing stuff like that, making, mm-hmm. you know, uh, making money off basketball through their kids. Yeah. Right? And that's cool. That's cool. You know, the opportunity is there. That's cool. Yeah. But the presentation of that, for me, is I, I'm good. I'm against it. You know what I mean? Well, the ones who are out there, I don't, that presentation and, and you're, is right. you know, I, I'm talking yeah. about uh, Newman's dad, yeah. LeVar. Um, not just the way he's going about it, not for me. Yeah. But the way Senior could go about it, I wish he had his own stuff. Uh, you know, and maybe that'll open up later on in life. I don't know. Maybe you don't want that. But... I would watch that all day. I would religiously watch that his show if he had one. But I, I think, I think that would be a show where it would showcase a father who's humble and letting his son yep. be a star. He wow, the, hey, the balance he has to push his son aggressively, mm-hmm. even though he was talk, speaking calm on on the uh, I about to say radio, the podcast. Even though he was speaking, <laughs> this used to be like the radio, <laughs> right? So when uh, he was speaking calmly about the stuff uh, he takes Keon through on the podcast, but you know. The, those are intense moments he has with his son. So mm-hmm. to be able to love him, still be intense and have respect from Junior, it's an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah, I'm a little biased because I ain't never seen a black dad do that ever. Me, me, me. Not 
You might have. I never. Besides, you're the. I've already told you. My experience in life, you are you, Terry, are is the only person that's black that I've seen like be a father to his kids and still be in the sports realm. It's hard. So I watch you a lot. Yeah, it's hard. Oh, I I can't imagine. It's hard. I, I would assume, you know, every father any I mean, being honest, any father that played a sport, you want your kid to be an athlete. Mm-hmm. But like I had to train myself to be like, because because it, it really happened when I started training, when I got around seeing parents more involved, pushing their kid than the kid wanted to be involved in the sport. I took a step back and was like, man, I if, if my kid good in the sport, I'm prepared to help you figure out these situations and work like through this that. process. But if you if, don't. If, if, you said if, emphasis on if. Yep, because if you don't, Man, I just want you to be a great human being, be a good person. I'm still going to help you through life, but I had to step away from that sport realm. And I think, I mean, watching Keon do it with sports You don't, you don't say me, that with any spite or anything, do you? No. Like, ah, oh, I need my son. No, nah, I need man. TJ to be. Nah. I mean, you know, I would, I mean, like I said, honestly, I would love it if he hit his growth spurt and he decided this is what he wants for him. You sure? Because we're going to get to work. Yeah. But. It may not be his thing, man. And so whatever his it thing is. It sounds like we're going to get to work if you want to do this. And if you don't yeah, want to do this, nah. we're going to get to work. I'm a, I'm a, yeah. he, I mean, I'm going to support whatever. him whatever he do, man. I, mm-hmm. I tell him all the time, you want to play piano. You want to be a professional pianist. You want to be you dope. Do ballet. Dude, I support you. He play piano. I think that is, listen. Like, the, like see, the stuff <laughs> we're doing, this is, what, this is what he likes. Except for he's more on like, I want to I wanna um create YouTube content. I want to. You know, he's like, uh, I want to make, you know, video designs for games and this and that. If that's what you want to do, man, hey. Hey, tell him he can, um, he can get his practice with us, man. Go ahead and be a graphic designer and record us. And oh, he, he would can... he would record the YouTube. He, man, he love it. Like, and I told him, I was like, yeah. you know, son, I was like, when I was coming up, people would be like, that's dumb. Like, there's no market for that. There's no more. Now I said, man, you can go to college for that stuff. No, I was like, hey, you want to do it? I support you. But like you said, watching, watching Senior Man. I think when you when you how should I put it when you respect somebody man you just enjoy watching the dynamic that they share the communication they share and you just sense the love like I enjoy every minute of it like like you said dad man me and him anytime we see each other that last oh what's up just for one minute dad it turned into like a like, 10 minute conversation that was like a neighborhood hero for you yeah no, oh he, he is I'm he sorry was. not was he was he, man like I said, like, you still have that admiration and respect. I do. And I mean, it ain't like you get older and you're like, oh, you old now. No, man. That dude, I'm still, when I look at him, I'm still a little boy going to the basketball game, watching him in Northside Jersey. And then watching him at Wright State. Like that, like when he, when he was on ESPN for, I think, I don't know if he had like 44 or something in a game and Dick Vitale was talking about him. That's like the highlight of my life is, oh, like you hype for him. Like, that's just how I am, man. Like, so. Is is I mean I said man they got a great family yeah. and then um, don't don't trip though it's it's another one coming and he about to be a freshman. What's his name? Little I call him little little D Darian. Darian Brooks. He coming. You know what school he going to? Nah, I, don't. I I you know I don't get involved in that stuff wherever. Oh he, he know oh no wherever no, no, no. he end up I'm gonna support him. Hey, hey listen say, listen hey. Say it's no usually more. how it go the older brother this good. 
the younger brother usually yeah, behind the yeah, scenes like, like oh dad spent all that time with you and now he gonna spend all this time with me and the little brother little brother coming I ain't say no. Yeah. When I say middle school catching lobs, they running set plays for backdoor lobs and he dunking it, dunking backwards and everything. <laughs> like little brother is coming. How tall is he? See, dad was six four, so he got to be six two and a half, six three, going to high school. Shoot. <laughs> Goodness gracious! <laughs> kind of jeans, uh, Keon Senior guy. Listen, mom got some jeans too. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Cause I, I trained another little fella that's on mom's side. That's a cousin. Yeah, I call him little KD. He seventh grade and like six foot with long arms. Arms hang past his ankle or past his knees. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> I said y'all gonna have a family full of six nine dudes. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, man. But, I, oh my goodness! It's it's good, man. As yeah. a community, we gotta we gotta support these kids, man, and have they back. And when they fall, we gotta be there to help pick yeah. them up. We can't. That's what this podcast was about. Can't man. turn our back on these these athletes. Yeah. And I ain't talking about just the ones I'm around. I'm talking about in general. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, like you up in there in Auburn or DeKalb or Marion, wherever. If we can touch these kids, man, and, and we speak to them, um, I think it's our job to invest time and help them along in any situation that they, they need help. You know, they got questions Absolutely. or anything, man. Just, you know, support them. Don't, don't turn your back on them when they make mistakes because we always, we, we've all messed up. Absolutely, so, man. I think we can end off on that note, man. That was well said. So, hope this podcast helped y'all bring some awareness, make you think. You know, hit us up on uh, <laughs> the College Report. Oh, yeah, we on Instagram now. We live, we are, baby. We are Instagram. Yeah. Speaking of live, next time we should try to go live and okay. just expand. And, okay. Well, we'll post some more on there, too, man. Uh, you know, we're going to get these shirts out, too. If you want to buy one support, hit us up. They are going to come out real soon, man. I want to thank my man Nick Lay. Thank you, Nick. You know, we got the background ground music. It's like the Oscars when they play that music, it means you got to get off the stage. They got, they, they got the rapper <laughs> sign around the corner, wrap it up. They give you that signal. <laughs> right, right, right. Twirling their hand around, man. No, but I'm Josh Collins, man. Terry Collins. And we out. <laughs>